This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 129 for Thursday, March 1st, 2012. The intro of music you just heard was from the Sherlock's Home, se- well, Sherlock Holmes soundtrack. Call in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call in number is 347-324-3541. Feedback line, 347-815-0687, 347-815-0687. MTR is the feedback line. We got a lot to discuss. We've been on a bit of a self-imposed layoff, which wasn't really a layoff for those of you that have been listening to the show via iTunes. We decided to take a couple of well, two weeks off for a variety of reasons. Number one, we wanted to test out an experiment about doing the show pre-taped as opposed to live. Also, we wanted to see which segments were not to say the most popular, but that had their own dedicated following. The reason I did it was because it helped to weed out what was right with the show, what was wrong with the show, just in a more controlled environment. And based on that, I have a couple of things I want to discuss. We did pre-taped wrestling and MMA shows for the last two weeks we didn't do video games and movies number one that my schedule didn't permit it number two those segments are going to be popular regardless uh the first thing we did was record the mma episode with ben our resident mma writer and we got some tremendous responses not only from the audio itself but also from what was discussed on that episode i just want to take a moment and say thanks to ben for stepping in and helping me out with that. It was uh, great having him on air. Ben is very knowledgeable about the sport. You can see it in his articles. Very passionate. Knows what the deal is. Doesn't fuck around. Um, Next, we did a taped wrestling episode with uh, my nephew John and his boy, Captain Quark. And it was probably one of my favorite wrestling episodes to date. Not even with regards to live episodes, but because it felt good talking in a community atmosphere with with a group of people that were like-minded in terms of how they viewed wrestling and they were very passionate about it. And as much as people complain and gripe about wrestling and how we cover it and what we do, you guys will be saddened to hear that it was probably one of our most downloaded episodes to date. 
I think there are over 60, 75 epi- downloads thus far. Not to mention the feedback I've gotten from people that have heard it, including uh, those two guys' peers who enjoyed what they did. Um, like anything else, it's it's a learning process. Those guys came in with you know, minimal experience in terms of dealing with the way the show is done, and they stepped it up. So I got to commend Captain Quark. I got to commend my nephew John. I'm not even saying it because we share blood, but because the kids stepped up, they were radio-ready, and I definitely am going to do some stuff with them in the future, maybe for WrestleMania. But um, they did they did good, and I was I was very happy to do that. Before I get into this week's monologue, let's just get some housekeeping out of the way. Our Facebook fan page, we've been seeing a lot of great fan interaction, a lot of stuff that people are commenting on. Please continue to do so. It just helps gauge what we're doing and what we need to post up there. I know a lot of you guys like when, you know, we post tits up there and chicks and half-naked girls and blah, blah, blah. And that's great, but that doesn't, I don't want that to be the identity that defines us. If it's relevant to what we are covering, whether it's something from MMA or a diva or a knockout or something along that nature, it will, of course, be handled accordingly. But rest assured, I am not going to become a flesh-peddling website. If that's going to be the case... Um, I'll, I'll start a different venture for that, but just wanted to let you guys know that the fan interaction on the fan page has been going well, and I wanted to thank you guys for that. Our partners at Unveil will be going to PAX East. We, unfortunately, will not be able to attend due to other commitments, but Unveil will be there representing Unveil NYC, of course, and making sure that uh, MTR is being mentioned and heard among the gaming community. Where that goes, how that goes, remains to be seen, and that's something I'm going to address in this me- this week's monologue. Our content partners at MMA Valor are always stepping up. Uh, Josh actually was going to do an MMA show with me, but he was traveling and we couldn't get together to do that. As always, you can get the show on Stitcher. You can stream episodes there, but um, you also can get them very soon on a couple of other mediums that once they're finalized... I will be announcing it on the page, but rest assured it's going to get really fucking crazy. Uh, The YouTube channel, I am going to start showing my face on YouTube only because there's so much stuff that we can do with YouTube, whether it's gameplay footage, streaming, all of that shit. Rest assured we are changing the game with regards to that. We are going to do a lot of streaming stuff. There's some capture uh, hardware that's coming our way within the next couple of weeks. You're going to start seeing it tied into reviews. It's going to be tied into some videos. So be on the lookout for that. And one thing I was bummed about was I got news from Get Glue this week with regards to official MTR stickers. Um, unfortunately, they kind of put the kibosh on creating user content style stickers. For the time being, they're just going to focus on the core products that they've been doing. They were gracious enough to let me know via email. I wanted to share it with you guys. But nonetheless, please continue to check in on Get Glue. It's great to see the support you guys show us through that medium. So we appreciate that. Our T-shirts are still there. We actually have some new designs that will be available probably towards the end of the month, which will coincide with the launch of MTR 4.0. So... Figured you guys would want to know that MTR 4.0 is in the final process of being complete. There's just some bugs and shit that need to be made out. And um, 
well, need to be worked out, I should say, and MTR 4.0 will be launching. Um, a lot of the same stuff is going to stay. Some things are going to change. We're going to expand on certain categories. We're going to have a dedicated review platform that's going to tie into games. We're going to start doing the reviews more unified, which also leads me to something which I've always said. If anybody's interested in writing for MTR, it's not a paid gig, but whatever perks, games, and shit we can get and toss your way, by all means, we will make that happen. But if you share the same ideals we do, I definitely want to hear from you, only because we're a different kind of outfit. We don't sit there trying to pander to all these companies and kissing ass to get freebies. It's not how we operate, which is another thing I'm going to discuss. Uh, there's a lot of new content that's been posted while we have not been on air. Stuff from Slick, myself, Andrea, Ben... Tons of great content. Slick has two posts going up later on this evening. Uh, with regards to Archer, I'm going to do a post regarding the new Assassin's Creed, which we're going to discuss on air, and a couple of other things as well. Tonight's topics, UFC 144, WWE Raw, sexual harassment in the gaming community. Definitely some crazy shit going on with that. Props to Andrew for... Um, throwing that bit of news my way i had heard some nuggets about it but andrew gave me an article that really broke it down so shout out to uh captain quark andrew for that contribution that we'll be talking about that in the video game segment but before i get into that i want to talk about a couple of interesting things that happened during these last two weeks and i'm not even saying it to to get any kind of hype but I got to name drop a couple of people and a couple of things that happened this week because, it, you know, it's just very frustrating in terms of the of the stuff we give you guys and what we provide our audience, and it just needs to be addressed. So here's here's the skinny. Earlier this week, we um, well early over the last two weeks. Uh, MTR has been approached by Billy Nichols, who some of you know, some of you don't know. Billy Nichols was formerly of Beantown Gamer, now is the head of Structure Gaming. Now, I have a pretty good relationship with Billy. Some of you guys have heard him on air. Some of you guys have emailed me um, specifically, you know, saying terrible things about him, not not really digging his vibe, but... Before I get into what I have to say, from from the short time I've known him, the guy is... I've never had an issue with the guy. He's always been very pleasant to me. He conducts himself well towards me. And here's the story. A couple of weeks back, you all know that we did brawling for boobies. And um, I was very upset at the turnout. I was very irritated with a lot of brands and a lot of people that promise to be involved or promise to help and drop the ball. One of those people was Billy Nichols. Um, Billy Nichols approached me about something with regards to an event, and I will be the first to say that I pretty much acknowledged it like, you know, where the fuck were you when we needed you for our event? Oh, yeah, that's right. You didn't participate. So, you know, he, he, he was apologetic about it, and, um, you know, I accepted his apology. It is what it is. You know, fuck it. But um, he approached us recently about wanting to put My Take Radio episodes on Structure Gaming's website, which is which is cool. I mean, you know, it's 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 nice to introduce MTR to another audience. And um, shortly after that happened, 
he approached me about some we were discussing MMA via Facebook and um I kind of called him out about a comment he made about Brock Lesnar and how Brock Lesnar pussied out in his fight with Overeem, you know, small talk whatever. In that same breath he asked if um I'd be interested in writing um an MMA column for his site. And, you know, of course, he he said, I do great stuff with the show and blah, 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 and this, that, and the third. Here's here's where I'm going to just put this to rest. The whole reason why I haven't done anything with regards to structured gaming and MTR is because you say, and, and this is for Billy Nichols, who says he listens to the show, and if he does, he'll hear this within the next week and he'll respond accordingly. Uh, you say you listen to the show, you say that, you know, you're a fan of what we do and it's great and blah, 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 you know, a lot of smoke up my ass. It's fantastic. I appreciate it. But in the same breath, um, you've never become a fan on Facebook, yet I got a group invite to your group for your website within five minutes of the group being active. You want me to write an MMA column for your site which would make me not be working on mine so that that i you know i have a full plate so i couldn't do it anyway but let's be real that's like you're telling me you're gonna get married and before you get married i say hey let me fuck your wife before you do just because you know i want to i want to i want to share the content it's that's not the way this works if you really want to work with, with My Take Radio, and this goes for any brand, any brand. I don't give a fuck if it's the Vatican, a dildo factory, whatever. You want MTR content, logos, or any of that shit on your site for your brand, the fact remains that you should at least be a regular. I'm not telling you to listen to the show every fucking week, but be active. Let me see you on the fan page. Comment about an article we do on, on Facebook or on the site or on Twitter. But to sit there and tell me that you're a fan of what we do and you enjoy what we do and you've never commented on a fucking thing just does not seem right to me. And your site focuses on gaming. Sure, you, you dabble in some entertainment and some wrestling and some movies, but to go into the MMA sector completely out of nowhere and ask for my help it's almost like you want me to recreate my shit on your site to get you traffic it's not the way this shit works dude and th and this is fact and i'm not saying it to be a negative but he's not the first guy and i name dropped him only because him and i have spoke at length and i'm saying this on air so he can hear it if MTR content in any shape, way, or, or form would appear on Structure Gaming, there will be an agreement in writing. Period. And that's fact. And I'm letting you know that on air, and I'll confirm it if you, if you hear this, but that's how this is going to work. You want to work with us, you want our, 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 our audio, our content on your site, I want the shit in writing with an out for both of us. Because there are enough people that speak negatively of you for various shit. I'm not going to jeopardize what I've built with my guys, with my family, with my crew, 
to give you fucking traffic that I could be getting. Simple as that. So, Billy Nichols, you are hearing this at 11.15 p.m. on March 1st, allegedly. So, by the time we go on air March 8th, you're entitled to reach out or even call in live to discuss it. Simple as that. This this is just being mentioned not only because I want to be honest with you, my audience, but because this bullshit has got to stop. Everybody wants to do X, Y, Z with us. Nobody knows a goddamn thing about what the fuck we do. I meet you in person a thousand times. You ask me if I, if, if I watch wrestling. Motherfucker, my take radio is wrestling. We are MMA. We are video games. We're movies. We're entertainment. We're tech. We're comics. We are all that shit. So do your homework, get your game up before you approach us to do anything, period. Simple as that. And this goes out to gaming reps, MMA guys, move, anything regarding movies, PR reps, community managers. Do your homework. Listen to what the fuck we do. You're curious about what we do on air every week? Listen to a fucking episode. Considering that it's fucking everywhere, you can probably plug your iPod into a dock above your toilet and listen to an episode while taking a shit. And I wouldn't be offended because you're still listening. Simple as that. I take pride in what we do on this show. I live for this shit. And I refuse to sell it or any of our content for some bullshit that nobody even fucking cares about. I'm not doing it. Simple as that. You want to work with us, it, it, it has to be beneficial to both parties. Period. And I hate opening the show like this, but the shit had to be said. Shit had to be mentioned. You want to fuck with us, get your game up. We are not the biggest in this shit. We're, I feel that we're as good as what we are, but we can probably be better. But guess what? We're not selling off our shit for demos, freebies, promotional codes, review copies of fucking games. I don't want it. If I got to jeopardize what the fuck we do every week for a free game that I can buy because I got a fucking job, then you could shove your game and your company up your ass. I don't give a shit. That's how this is going to be from now on. The... This, starting with this episode, there's no more pulling punches. You get out of line. It's, it's, names are getting dropped. Fuck it. Because it's stupid. You don't listen. People don't listen anyway that say that they listen. So if I even name drop their name, they're not going to even know. Simple as that. That's all I got to say. But, I will tell you this. There will be something bigger coming than MTR. And the only thing I got to say is that the rage, it works. So you'll find out soon enough. And I'm, this is for my listeners and for our staff. Something bigger is coming. And it'll be here sooner than everybody thinks. But I'm not going to beat this up anymore. I just had to get that off my chest only because it, this, this happens way too often. 
and I'm tired of not being able to share it with you guys because I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. What I just said shouldn't have hurt Billy Nichols' feelings. It's honest and it's forthright. And it's exactly how I've acknowledged him every time. He wants to talk about it? You know where to find me, homie. Let's not beat this up anymore. Let's talk some MMA. We got UFC 144 that happened this past weekend, and it was historic at the Saitama Super Arena. Um, Frankie Edgar, Ben Henderson was your main event, and um, it was it was a, an amazing card. So much history in Japan from Pride Fighting Championships. So many great fighters that fought in Pride were also appearing there. Guys like Mark Hunt were there, uh, Rampage, of course, Takanori Gomi. It was it was amazing from start to finish, and I'm going to go through some of the fights which were ridiculous. Um, one fight I do want to acknowledge that was on the prelims, Takanori Gomi, Eiji Mishuoka. The fi- I'm a big fan of the Fireball Kid going back to the Pride days. I've always loved the way he fights, and he came out there and really impressed in front of the home crowd. Simple as that, Takanori Gomi secured victory, TKO strikes, round two, closing it out. Next fight I wanted to fucking acknowledge because it was vicious. Showtime, Anthony Pettis, Joe Lazan, Showtime Pettis going in there to make a statement, secured his victory a minute and 21 seconds into round one with a beautiful head kick. Shin hits face, Joe Lazan hits the mat, lights out. But it was it was beautiful. Anthony Pettis definitely making a, a case for himself to uh, fight Ben Henderson for the rematch. So we'll, we'll hopefully be seeing that soon. Now, some of the other fights I just wanted to get into briefly. Uh, Yoshihiro Akiyama, Jake Shields, uh, really stellar performance on Shields' part. It, it's unfortunate that Akiyama was on the losing end of this fight. It was it was very competitive, but Shields just seemed to be um, on his game that night. I was bummed only because a lot of people felt that Akiyama might get cut after this loss. I'm hoping that's not the case. I think he still has some great fights left in him. But on any given day, you can lose. Simple as that. Mark Hunt coming in, pride veteran, fighting Czech Congo. And anybody that expected this to go longer than two rounds, you're going to be sadly disappointed. Mark Hunt, murder, death, kill. Lights out. TKO strikes on Czech Congo. Beautiful, beautiful execution. Um, Congo tried to engage at one point, and uh, he ended up getting hit with a shot. And as he tried to retreat, Mark Hunt pounced on him, and it was lights out. It was beautiful, beautiful. Co-main event, it was a catchweight bout originally scheduled for a light heavyweight bout between Quentin Rampage Jackson and Ryan Bader. Uh, Rampage was coming into that fight at a slightly overweight at 211 pounds. A lot of people on the web were giving Rampage a lot of shit for um, not being on weight. But Rampage has always consistently been on weight for every fight regardless. So there had to be some extenuating circumstances and, and you know... That was the case in Rampage's 
defense. He actually had a knee injury, which, while it wasn't something that required stereo, but um, it was... Uh, what the hell am I talking about? Sorry about that. Trying to read the uh, chat and the page at the same time. Um, Rampage's knee injured, but it wasn't serious, not requiring surgery, but the worst part of it was that that injury hampered his weight cut, didn't allow him to put weight on it fully to do running, cardio drills, etc. But the guy wanted to come in there, put on a great show for the fans of Japan, and we got it. We got a beautiful Rampage Slam at one point. The crowd exploded, the internet exploded, Twitter went fucking insane when it happened, and um, Ryan Bader, unfortunately, was the better was the better man in that fight. Bummed to see Rampage lose, but he acknowledged it in, in, in his interviews that he wasn't on top of his game because he was injured. Rampage, as always, is a class act when it comes to his fights, and I look forward to seeing him fight again. A fight with Shogun, especially if either one of these guys is planning to retire, is the way to go. So Dana White, make that happen. Lightweight championship bout, Frankie Edgar, Ben Henderson... It was a fucking war. A war from start to finish. Edgar definitely looking crisp in the early rounds, but as the fight got into deeper water in the championship rounds, Hendo stepped his, well, Bendo, I should say, Bendo stepped his game up and ended up securing the lightweight belt via unanimous decision. So hopefully um, we will see Ben Henderson, Anthony Pettis getting the uh, rematch that everybody would like to see. Of course, Frankie Edgar has been... Uh, very vocal about wanting his rematch, but I don't know if that's going to be the case. So let's get into some other MMA news, and we'll discuss that as well. Following that night, that beautiful and historic night of fights, we got some fight bonuses handed out. Sixty-five grand knockout of the night went to Anthony Pettis. Submission of the night went to Von Lee. Fight of the night went to Frankie Edgar and Ben Henderson. Now, following the 144 card, you know Dana White post-fight press conference and over the course of the last few days has been very vocal about Frankie Edgar possibly dropping down to 145 to fight Jose Aldo. Um, Frankie Edgar kind of on the fence about it. He's been more vocal about wanting a rematch. So with regards to that, here's what Dana White had to say with uh, with regards for a, a matchup for Frankie Edgar. I've been asking him to go to 145 for a long time. I'd love to see him move to 145. I think he'd be a force to be reckoned with down there. And I think he'll be a great challenge for Jose Aldo. Now, when asked about the potential for the fight, Edgar went on to say, I don't know, that's not something I'm thinking about right now, to be honest with you. Look, Frankie Edgar has a valid point. The guy got his immediate rematch with Gray Maynard, um... You know, vice versa, they bo- both guys got their rematches. I think Edgar deserves a rematch, but I also think that he's been in so many main events that I can see why Dana White is hesitant about having him compete again against Ben Henderson. But you never know, depending on how the crowd goes and how the booking works out, we may see it. Personally, I'd like to see um, Edgar drop down to 145 to fight Aldo and... Um, Bendo and Showtime to lock up. That's that's that would be a great main event and co-main event for that card. Two championship fights, lightweight, featherweight belts on the line. 
it would be ridiculous. So it's up to Frankie Edgar at the at the end of the day, but I can tell you that if Dana White is suggesting it and Edgar doesn't go with it, he is not going to get an immediate rematch. Simple as that. Now, of course, post-fight, like I said, Rampage elaborated a little bit on his performance. He First thing he opened up with was that he said he was going to be critically honest, and he said that he wasn't surprised he lost that fight. When asked about the, how what came about him nearly missing the fight, he said, I almost didn't make the fight, but I didn't want to pull out for the Japanese fans. I injured my knee pretty bad, and my doctor told me not to fight. But it wasn't real serious. I didn't need surgery or nothing, but he told me it wasn't a good idea. I decided to fight anyway. When asked about him falling out of the fight in the second round, he went on to say that he re-injured his knee when Bader slammed him. And he said, it was one of those things I was worried about. Before the slam, I wasn't doing a really good job. I was worried about it, and I had to lose a lot of weight since I really couldn't run and stuff. It was all downhill from there. I hurt my knee, and I just wanted to put on an, an exciting fight. And I was just happy to make it there and try to put on a show for the Japanese fans. When asked about if he felt re-energized, he went on to say, I know I'm getting to the end of my career because I said I, knew I didn't want to fight past 35. But honestly, before I hurt my knee, you guys should have seen the way I, you guys should have seen the way I was training. I've got really good sparring partners. I've got this really good wrestler named Tyson Jeffries that kicks my butt in, his, in this camp. I was kicking his butt. I was taking him down, wrestling real competitive. That's how I hurt my knee because he's one of the best wrestlers I know. I, I was sparring really good, and I was looking like a superstar. Then I hurt my knee. That made me think, oh, man, I've got a lot more time to fight. When I got hurt, it was just unfortunate. But now I know that I can do what I can do if I'm at 100%. So there you have it, folks. Rampage isn't going anywhere. I'm super pumped. We'll see what the deal is with him in the coming months. Of course, we got crazy MMA going on this weekend. Number one, we got UFC on FX2. Tiago Alves, Martin Campman is your main event. That's live from Sydney, Australia. Um, it'll be debuting here in the U.S. March 2nd. The prelims will be on Fuel TV. That's going to be starting at 6 o'clock. The main card, 9 o'clock Eastern. Let's go through the rest of the fights. We also got the featherweight tournament during this card. For the prelims on Fuel TV, Aaron Rosa, James Tahuna, Nick Penner, Anthony Paroche, Cole Miller, Steven Seiler, Andrew Craig taking on Kyle Noak, Jake Hecht is taking on TJ Wahlberger, and Daniel Pineda is taking on Mackens Semizer. If you're on Facebook, you can catch a fight on there as well. Sean Jordan is taking on Oli Thompson. The FX card, Court McGee is taking on Constantinos Philippou. Demetrius Johnson is taking on Ian McCall. In the flyweight tournament semifinal, Joe Benavidez Yushin uh, is taking on Yashuhiro Urushitani. There we go. Flyweight tournament semifinal fight as well. And of course, your main event, the pit bull, Tiago Alves, taking on Martin Campman. Super pumped for that fight. Tomorrow, FX, free TV, Friday night. Check it out. Then we got next week, the Ultimate Fighter 15, which is going to be the Ultimate Fighter Live with coaches Uriah Faber. And Dominic Cruz will be debuting. Guys are going to be fighting into the house. We got a lot of great talent going into that, including uh, one of the guys that from New York, um, Ali Akinta from Wanto. He fights out of uh, Ray Longo MMA. Um, also, you got a couple of other fighters going in there. Um, it, it's going to be fantastic fighting their way into the house, and it's going to be live. So definitely show your support. Check that out. 
Also, we got uh, Brendan Wafer. He's fighting out of New York as well. Got a couple of New Yorkers on there representing. Uh, one guy who's been in the news a lot this week has been Dakota Cochran from Omaha, Nebraska. And one of the reasons he's been in the news this week is because it was found out that he um, he did a couple of gay porn films uh, before being on The Ultimate Fighter. And, uh, you know, of course, a lot of people had things to say about it. But if if the guy can fight, fuck it. Simple as that. If he can go and punch people in the face and beat people down, let him fight. They're, they're, what he did, what he didn't do, it, it's the equivalent of, you know, the whole Chandela Powell situation it's like what you did in your past life or past career is if that's behind you it's behind you but let the guy fucking fight don't say anything uh don't say anything negative about the guy if he's just trying to fight i mean i've seen some people on twitter say some crazy shit if the guy did it the guy did it whatever let him fight simple as that nobody nobody should go and pass judgment but That's the internet, folks, but it's going to be a great season live next week. Be on the lookout for that. Also, we got another one put together, UFC on Fuel TV 3. Uh, Your main event, Dustin Poirier taking on the Korean Zombie. Donald Cerrone is going to be taking on Jeremy Stevens. You got Mike Easton. He's going to be fighting Yves Jabuan, Igor Porkryats, Diago Silva, Tom Lawler's on that card. Amir Sadal is on that card. Uh, Cody McKenzie. Kamal Shalarus will also be on that card. Jeff Curran, Brad Tavares, a lot of great talent. That's going to be happening May 15th at the Patriot Center in Fairfax, Virginia. And, of course, it wouldn't be an MMA weekend without some Strike Force action as well. Huge Strike Force card this Saturday. You got the uh, women's bantamweight fight with Misha Tate taking on Ronda Rousey. Also on that card, KJ Nunes is taking on Josh Thompson. Paul Semtex Daly is taking on Kazuo Mizaki. Uh, Ronaldo Jacare Souza is taking on Bristol Marooned. Scott Smith is taking on Lamumba Sayers. The prelims will be on Showtime Extreme. Uh, Sarah Kaufman is taking on Alexis Davis. Carlos Fedor is taking on Pat Healy. Ryan Couture is taking on Connor Hewan. And Roger Bowling's taking on Brandon Salling. So that's going to be on Showtime Extreme and then the main card on Showtime. It's going to be an, an exciting night of fights. The ladies are coming in there to beat the fuck out of each other. Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey. Rousey coming in with incredible submissions. Great judoka practitioner. And, of course, Misha Tate wrestling. Great striking. It's going to be awesome. Simple as that. And, of course, like I said, UFC on FX. And also on Fuel TV with the prelims. So, exciting weekend of fights. Guaranteed. All right. We're going to take a commercial break. When we get back, we are going to talk some wrestling because quite a lot of shit has happened right after this. You know those shows where they play video game music and they laugh in like really high voices like... (laughs) Well, you won't listen to that on our show because we don't have the budget for that kind of thing. We're broke as hell. And uh, nobody really cares that much to laugh that hard. So, um... If you're looking for a show like that, that has horrible audio quality and uh, void of fake laughter, Video Game News Radio, 11 p.m. Tuesday nights, on all games. We want the gold, sucker! Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga! Look in my eyes, what do you see? 
All right, let's open things off with Monday Night Raw this week, which had a tremendous amount of hype going into it. Of course, The Rock was going to appear and cut his promo at 10.57, so the internet collectively fucking jizzed in their shorts. And, um, yeah, so that was Raw this week. No, I mean, besides that, Raw started off with a great promo for, uh, with from Chris Jericho, as usual, coming out. Just dropping bombs, of course. CM Punk comes out, counters with another awesome promo from from his part. The fact is that both of these guys aren't going out of their way to sell their, their fight at WrestleMania with theatrics and over-the-top bullshit. The fact is, you got two great talkers on the mic that can also back it up with great wrestling. As much as I'm a fan of John Cena and The Rock and their... And, the build-up to their main event. The fact is that this doesn't center around sports entertainment. This this centers around wrestling. Wrestling is the number one thing that comes first. Simple as that. You you can come in there and you can cut a promo and wrestle like shit, and people become can become enamored with your promo style, i.e. The Rock. But when you take guys like Jericho, CM Punk, and and you put those two guys together, you're you're bound to not only get magic in regards to promos, but you're gonna get magic just from the wrestling that's being exhibited. Which leads me to the first match of the night, which was of course CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, which continues to be as exciting as you would expect every time they meet. They're doing they're going really out of their way to ensure that there's no guaranteed winner in these fights because they already know that the amount of fanfare and the amount of of positive feedback from these two wrestlers locking up is so huge that it would be a no-brainer for the WWE to reserve a fight between them for a bigger stage. They're actually doing the booking very smart, not making Punk look weak, not not making Brian look weak, and just giving people what they pay to see, which is wrestling. Our second match of the night, Kelly Kelly took on Nikki Bella. I proceeded to, at that point, because I had eaten some, ba- some, eaten some bad food, take my ass to the bathroom and take a shit. Because the fact is, that's what Kelly Kelly's matches are, and I wasn't missing, much, I wasn't missing much. Because by the time I finished wiping my ass and came back upstairs, the match was over, and gee, Kelly Kelly won. Next up, Miz, John Cena. The Miz, of course... Is been has been very vocal, especially on Twitter, and he put out a video from what's been happening on Raw with regards to the negative treatment he's been getting and the people saying that, you know, he's not a main eventer anymore, that he's lost his step. You know, here's the thing. I like The Miz. The Miz has, has come a long way from wearing bedazzled fucking dress hats and, you know, shorts with a chick on them, to actually, you know, developing himself into a a decent mid-card wrestler. And that's the problem. See, The Miz is a very, very solid mid-carder. When he became a main eventer, it was a a test, and he, he excelled at it. 
But much like anything else, it wasn't something that held water for very long. It really isn't. The Miz is a, is a, is a good competitor. He is. But he, at this point, at this point in time, I feel he's a better asset to the mid-card than the main event scene. Only because if the Miz comes out and cuts a promo, and you have Chris Jericho on the same show cutting the same style of promo, who's going to get more heat? It's going to be Chris Jericho. Because the guy's done it longer, he does it better, it's just his steez, that's the way it works. The Miz is good, don't get me wrong, he's not, as, he's not awesome, you know, that little play on words, but he's good. And in the match with John Cena, he kind of got exposed a little bit, he didn't seem to be as crisp as he was last year. Something was amiss, whether it was on purpose or not on purpose, the fact was, it, he kind of showed his ass in that match. And John Cena, as usual, steamrolled right through him. Next, we got R-Truth, Kofi Kingston taking on Dolph Ziggler and Jack Swagger. And, of course, the Goya brothers, um, which, if anybody smart knew where the booking was going to go, make Truth and Kingston look good at the expense of Ziggler and Swagger. And, of course, the Goya brothers keep the belts. Now, the funny thing about that is that you can do a couple of things with this. You can turn Ziggler and Swagger into a viable tag team and um, give them the belts. But honestly, Dolph Ziggler is really on the verge of main event status. So maybe not. But you really need to do something with this tag team division. And I teased this last week, and I'll continue to say it. Put R-Truth with JTG. Move Kofi Kingston as a babyface into your mid-card division, into the IC title hunt. Simple as that. Move him in there. You put Kingston as a huge babyface because the crowd loves him. You have him hold on to the IC belt for a bit. Maybe have him feud with Swagger. You know, those guys work well together. You push Ziggler up. Put R-Truth with JTG together. JTG's a really good worker. He does really good on NXT. He takes good bumps. His his promos are, are on point. D- don't get me wrong. Will he be a heavyweight champion? Doubtful. But great tag teams? Definitely. I think JTG and R-Truth would work. And you can still keep the little Jimmy spin around it. You can even call him... No, don't call him crime time. But lean, lean along those same roots. And I think it'll be successful. Simple as that. Of course, post-match, Kane, Kane comes down, kills everybody dead. Then we got David Brotunga and fucking Johnny Ace talking garbage. We get a little bit of Eve, Skank Juice, Hosky, you know, all the shit. Kelly Kelly saying shit about Eve, blah, blah, blah. Cody Rhodes talking some shit about the Big Show, of course, leads to a tag match. Big Show and Sheamus, Cody Rhodes, Mark Henry. It was... um. It went shorter than it than it was, you know? It wasn't really anything awesome. Not only that, but Mark Henry ate a brogue kick. So Mark Henry, I don't know who the fuck he pissed off, but um, I don't know, getting jobbed out so quickly, especially him eating the pinfall. Mark Henry's a, a consistently solid worker. You could have put anybody else in there against fucking Sheamus. You could have put stupid Drew McIntyre in there. He's, it's not like he's doing anything. But I don't know. They jobbed him out. Simple as that. All right, now we got the main event promo of the evening. And that's what it is. Rock comes out, shows us his goosebumps, 
Talks about boots to asses. Calls John Cena a kung pao bitch. Um, here's here's the thing. And and this is something that I've been on the fence about for the last couple of days since Raw ended. These guys have to sell a pay-per-view. Whether it's real beef, fake beef, 50-50 beef. The fact is that they have to sell a pay-per-view. And the way wrestling works, wrestlers are paid based on revenue from the pay-per-view. The bigger the revenue, the better the payday, especially when it comes to WrestleMania. This is why they do battle royals. And you see so many of these guys in a battle royal or in some multi-man tag match because these guys are there. They got to find a way to use them, so they give them a WrestleMania payday. You can go to any website, any dirt sheet, and learn the intricacies of wrestling, and that's part of it. It's based on the gate. It's based on, in some cases, pay-per-view buy rate, depending on who's involved. Now, The Rock cut a very good promo, but again, very formulaic. You come out, you insult the guy, you insult your opponent's manhood, you say you have a, you you know, you, you make a dick joke, you, you, you call them a veiled homosexual reference. That's a rock promo. Wash, rinse, and repeat. It's the same shit we've seen since the 90s. And don't get me wrong, it works. But look, you come on TV, you launch your Twitter account. Every promo you talk about is hashtag this, hashtag that. Boops to, poop, fucking poops from asses. Boots to asses. Oh, this is trending. This other thing is trending. Fruity Pebbles is trending. The fact that your promos are built on Twitter is bullshit. It is bullshit. The Rock is a better performer than basing promos on Twitter. It's bullshit. That's my issue. The Rock will always be an entertainer, and I will always be a fan. But what I saw Monday was... It just didn't feel right. And then, of course, Cena comes out with a rebuttal. He clowns The Rock, clowns him. Of course, The Rock had some notes written on his wrist, which, you know, call it what you will. A lot of people, they they bitched about what was, you know, oh, my God, he did that. But let's, again, let's be honest. The guy comes out, cuts a promo, usually 10, 15 minutes long, that's a lot of shit you got to remember. And I'll be honest. I do two hours of show prep before I go on air. Do you know how many verbal miscues and fuck-ups I have? Some of which I edit out and some of which I don't? So what? The motherfucker had notes written on his wrist. Big deal. His bankroll is 14 times bigger than ours. Who gives a shit? I will give credit where credit is due, though. John Cena knew how to make that work in that promo. It was ridiculous. Now, if you're asking yourself, what was written on The Rock's wrist? First thing he had was KPC to KPB, which was Kung Pao Chicken to Kung Pao Bitch. Then he had Innovator and Camo, which was clearly talking about John Cena's camo and the fact that he doesn't have any testicles, blah, 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 blah. He had two reasons written there, and he had Call Out written there. Of course, John, like I said, John Cena clowned him. But for the people that are going out of their way to bitch about The Rock writing notes on his hand, do what the fuck he does or what any of these other guys do and then get back to me. Simple as that. Now, 
the worst part of that entire exchange wasn't the fact that The Rock had notes on his wrist. It was the fact that there was... WWE has built itself as this giant PG, kid-safe, kid-friendly entity. Except when you're when The Rock and John Cena are involved. You got Hosky, you got, you know, John Cena has lady parts, uh, no balls, con- constant references, you know. And the fact is that what makes those guys unaccountable for it? And why does it always go back to the fact that WWE prides itself on being a PG-friendly environment? But you could talk about boots to asses, Kung Pao bitch, uh, you have no balls, your lady parts, my strudel, hey, look at my dick, it has an eyebrow and it arches. Seriously. Either you're PG all the way or you're not. Don't make exceptions for some guys and not for others because it's hindering your product. You got guys out there that can cut epic promos if they're given a chance to be a little bit more cutting edge. But they're they're stifled under the PG mantra. Same thing with the wrestling. Wrestle very safe. Punch, kick, punch. Signature spot. Finisher. We all go home happy. That's great, but it becomes very formulaic. The fact that you can call a John Cena match as a fan and know every move that's going to happen is sad. Same thing with The Rock. You know, spit punch, spine buster, people's elbow, rock bottom, that's it. Way too formulaic, and it just takes the, the excitement and the originality out of wrestling. Now... I asked people online, what did they think? You know, who won Who won the promo The promo for that night? People said John Cena came in, hit him with realism, and crushed it out of the park. Simple as that. But I will tell you this. The reason that that, that promo went the way it went is because WWE wants you to see it that way. As much as people sit there and they pride themselves on, on being in the know... Wrestling is very, very, very smoke and mirrors. And sure, there might have been tinges of legit beef in that promo, but the fact is that that was intentional for the fans. They want you to spend $60 because they want to know if those guys are going to cross the line and possibly whoop each other's ass for real. That's all it is. Stop being armchair pundits and talking about all this shit. Enjoy the fucking product. He had notes on his fucking wrist. Who gives a shit? You probably write your fucking excuses when you're late to work on your hand so you can tell your boss. Don't pass judgment. If you've never been in the game, don't talk about it like you know what the fuck is going on. Seriously, all these people, yo, man, he had fucking notes written on his wrist. Who gives a shit? Who cares? You still enjoyed the promo. Fuck it. John Cena called him out on it. Good. Did you think maybe that shit was intentional? Maybe it wasn't? Who cares? Seriously, enjoy the fucking product. Like, I come on here and I talk to you guys about it, and I bitch about all this other stuff, but Monday night when I'm watching it, I am enjoying what I'm watching. Sure, I talk some shit on Facebook, have a little fun on Twitter, but Monday night when I watch it, it's just me watching the product. Then I go back... And I rewatch it for, for show prep. And I rewatch it to point out certain flaws. 
and to point out certain things. That's it. Seriously, all these dudes that, and, and there's tons of them. If you watch Twitter on a Monday night, while especially if you're a wrestling fan, you'll see all these know-it-all dudes come out, oh, my God. Unless you take a chair shot or, or you wrestle on the independents, leave it the fuck alone. Leave it alone. Fuck it. Order WrestleMania or don't. Now, let's get into some other wrestling news. And this ties into what I just said about The Rock. A lot of people have been saying that they're upset that The Rock has come back and that it's stealing people's spotlight. Now, before I get into where this leads, like I said, wrestling is built on buy rates. The Rock puts asses in seats, makes people order. Simple as that. Why wouldn't you want that guy there to make more money? Simple as that. And to that end, a lot of people on Twitter, professional wrestlers, agreed with that statement. One of them was Shane Helms. And he, you know, he addressed the rumors about people being upset about The Rock stealing their spotlight. He said, for the record, anybody in the WWE locker room that is bitching about The Rock's involvement in WrestleMania needs to stop being a douche. He's earned it. WrestleMania has always had celebrity involvement. And if the celebrity this year happens to actually be a great pro wrestler, it's a win. Lance Storm, also on Twitter this week, said it like this. If the dude will draw more money, he deserves the spot. Absolutely. And he will draw more money. End of story. Last but not least, The Rock himself addressed it on Twitter. He said, it's incredible to me how many of the boys don't get the business part of our business. The man speaks truth. Whether you love him or hate him, that's that's as true of a statement as you can get. Wrestling is still a business. And if you can't draw and you can't get people to watch the product, then don't bitch. Don't. Who the fuck is, how, how the fuck is a guy like Tyler Rex going to sell a pay-per-view? Let's be real. And I'm not even saying it's him bitching, but let's think about it. What pay-per-view is anybody watching that Tyler Rex is main eventing? What, which one? None of them. What fucking pay-per-view is Alberto Del Rio fucking selling? And he's a main eventer, and he complains about tons of shit. It may have even been him. Who the fuck buys a pay-per-view to watch Alberto Del Rio's Ricardo Montalban ass wrestle? Well, I almost lost my voice saying that. Anyway, who? Nobody. Simple as that. Nobody's buying it for either of those fucking guys. It sure as fuck isn't for The Miz. Because, yeah, you watch The Miz, but that's because you want to see him get his ass whooped. And he's not selling pay-per-views. Triple H sells pay-per-views. The Undertaker sells them. John Cena. The Rock. CM Punk. Chris Jericho. Daniel Bryan, to a degree. Maybe Kane. Maybe The Big Show. But some of these other guys that are bitching haven't been in the game long enough to warrant complaining. Simple as that. And something that I found awfully amusing kelly kelly was nominated recently for a nickelodeon kids choice award for favorite butt kicker honestly kelly kelly being nominated for anything regarding kids and the kids choice award should probably only be to chick who 12 year olds have most jerked off to 
Really? She's the favorite butt kicker? There's been thousands of other chicks in the media, and Kelly Kelly gets the nomination? Clearly we see why. But still, you know, WWE put out a press release, and they were all excited. Ah, Kelly Kelly gets nominated for a Kid's Choice. Really? Dummy Dummy is getting a fucking Kid's Choice Award? Whoop the fucking do. Who cares? I'm, I'm glad that that deserved a press release. Yuck. But if any 12-year-old listeners want to watch Kelly Kelly on March 31st on Nickelodeon, by all means, you're welcome to it. Just make sure to wash your hands after you finish, please. Next up, I want to just take a moment and um, acknowledge our friend, the Amazing Red, who will be wrestling at Ring of Honor's 10th anniversary iPay-Per-View this weekend. You can order it online. Uh, great matches on that card from start to finish. Uh, the All Night Express is taking on the world's greatest tag team. The Amazing Red's going to be in tag team action with TJ Perkins against the House of Truths, Michael Elgin, and Roderick Strong. Jimmy Jacobs is taking on Kevin Steen. Kevin Steen has been on a tear lately, so that's going to be a fantastic match. Uh, TV champ Jay Lethal taking on Tommaso Ciampa. Tag team champs, the Briscoe Brothers, are taking on the Young Bucks. And Davey Richards and Kyle O'Reilly are going to be taking on Eddie Edwards and Adam Cole. You're also going to see, of course, uh, WWE's Maria there, uh, Mike Bennett, and a couple of others. So, I pay-per-view this weekend. If you're an Amazing Red fan, definitely check it out. Support your boy. Even though I won't be home to watch it, got to support the team. It's going to be great. Ring of Honor this weekend. And to close up the wrestling segment, last but not least, CM Punk clowned Elijah Burke this week on a radio interview he did for WISX-FM in Philly. A lot of people usually ask CM Punk who his favorite opponent was. CM Punk said that he would like to share with you his least favorite opponent. He went on to say that it was Elijah Burke, adding the following. (laughs) Worst opponent, good question. I always get who's your favorite. This is great because I enjoy talking trash. My least favorite opponent, does anyone even remember Elijah Burke? Oh, he was terrible. He was absolutely the worst. Absolutely the worst. Talk about a diva. Man, oh man. Sorry if you liked him. (laughs) Poor Elijah Burke, now known as Pope D'Angelo Dinero. Can't get no love anywhere he goes. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people give Elijah Burke a lot of shit, a.k.a. the Pope. But... I think he's a solid performer, a bit of a head case, maybe, but but solid performer, athletic, fun to watch, great on the microphone. I don't know. I mean, I can understand CM Punk shitting on him, but Elijah Burke isn't the worst guy that I've seen wrestle. Simple as that. And of course, the last bit of wrestling news, like I said, uh, WrestleZone has reported that WWE's intention for John Cena Monday night was to get the upper hand on his feud with The Rock. Many in the WWE still believe, however, that Cena pointing out The Rock's crib notes was not scripted and something The Rock didn't expect. WWE officials want the crowd to be split 50-50 at WrestleMania 28, which will require Cena to look stronger leading up to it in order to get the crowd on his side. I will tell you right now, it is not gonna fucking happen. You are wrestling in The Rock's backyard, and you want 50% of the crowd to boo The Rock? You are out of your fucking mind if you think that's going to happen. Simple as that. All right, I'm not going to take another commercial break. We're just going to go right into video games with this. 
Somebody shoot that fucking dog, please. All right. Let's open up with this video game news. And the first thing I want to talk about is something, um, like I said, that Andrew brought to my attention. And it's it's really crazy that um, this has even come to this. Now, before I get into it, I got to give credit. The article was from GiantBomb.com and uh, credit to Andrew for passing it my way. But here's the thing. The gaming community in general is always associated with negative stigma, whether it's being unfit, being virgins that live in your mom's basement, uh, not getting laid, out of shape, prone to violence. These are all misnomers that are associated with the gaming community. Most of them, I'd say 99% of them, completely bullshit. Games leading to violence, not true. Being fat and out of shape, not true. Not getting laid. Gaming has nothing to do with the fact that you don't get laid. Either you have poor hygiene, you're out of shape, or your breath stinks. That simple as that. Or you got no game. Seriously. Games got nothing to do with that. Same thing with comic book fans and their stigmas, but... This has gotten a lot of press this week because it was it was crazy. It was very crazy. And it revolved around what's been going on with um, Cross Assault, which is a reality show put out to promote Street Fighter Cross Tekken. And basically, one of the guys that was on the show, um, Aris uh, Bakhtanyans, said on a recent live stream that... Um, this is a community that you know, 15 or 20 years old, and the sexual harassment is part of our culture. And if you remove that from the fighting game community, it's not a fighting game community. So, let's talk about that before I get into the rest of this. Let, let's talk about sexual harassment in the gaming community. I can see where people say that because... Girls being gamers, especially when you play online, is still not embraced as something that's the norm. It's like a fucking unicorn. It's like you're playing Call of Duty, and as soon as you hear, tee hee hee hee, oh shit, you're a girl? Yo, man, stick with me. That way you won't get shot, yo. Yo, I got you covered. Yo, you gonna send me some titty pics? I can understand that. That's the way shit goes. But that has nothing to do with sexual harassment. That has to do with the fact that guys are going to be guys. Simple as that. And to put it in such a way that you can make it seem like it's a term that fits the entire community is stupid. It's stupid. Simple as that. That was poor judgment on his part considering the amount of mainstream press this show is getting. Very, very poor on his part. Let's be real. Harassment is harassment. Whether it's in the gaming industry, whether it's in the movie industry, whether it's at work, harassment is harassment. But to make that seem like it's the end-all, be-all for, for an entire community is absurd. The fact that you feel that harassment is integral in a community is absurd. It was baseless and it was foolish on that guy's part. Yes, the gaming industry caters to a demographic of males 18 to 34. The abundance of boobies, ass shots, scantily clad women will lead you to believe that. It is true. 
It's fact. I played Soul Calibur V recently, and myself and countless others can attest, I saw more tits in that game than on a midnight showing of a movie on Cinemax. And it wasn't even that they were showing nipples or anything or that they were naked, but it was just, it was objectified in a way that you said, holy shit, look at those boobs. It's just the way it is. It's fact. To, to make it seem like it's a necessity for a community is terrible. It's terrible. It's inflammatory, and it just paints it in a bad light. Not only that, but this game will be released within the next four days. If, if you want to get real technical. Four days. Maybe a little earlier than that. You're going to go out there and paint this community... With, with such a broad stroke four days before a game's released to the point where the where the publisher had to fucking apologize for your bullshit? Are you fucking kidding me, dude? Ugh. It's ridiculous. And of course, you know, Capcom has to go in there and... and, and state the following, which was, of course, the views and opinions expressed by cast members in the live internet program Cross Assault do not reflect those of Capcom, according to a statement that got put out. As a company, Capcom believes that everyone should be treated with respect. This particular issue was brought to our attention and has been addressed. We sincerely apologize to anyone that was offended by any comments expressed during the show. But, here's, here's the funny thing. There was a guy that went on YouTube after the video was posted and put a series of comments made by, by what the hell, I can't even, Bakhtanians, whatever the fuck this guy's name is, asking, you know, Miranda, I want to know your bra size, etc., etc., etc. It's, uh, I really don't understand how we as an industry, well, the gaming industry and gamers in general have not adjusted to girls playing. And this goes for any game. As soon as a girl is playing, especially if she can play, she can play. That's it. Boobs, whether they're low-cut shirts or, or not low-cut shirts, or whether they're gamer girls or not gamer girls, if you could play a game, just play the fucking game. Stop making the shit sexual. Simple as that. It's a lot of... It's like there were... Comments made this week, and I heard some of them when I was in the mall, with regards to, to Mass Effect and the fact that, you know, you can have, a, you know, a, a gay protagonist. Oh, why do I got to have this shit in here? Look, if you are a straight male or a straight female, nobody is telling you to play with a gay character. You don't have to make your character gay, but you have to... You have to have that out there because there are people that want to feel a kinship with their characters. It's the same thing when when African-Americans don't feel that there are enough African-American heroes. Same thing with Latinos. Same thing with white people, Asians. I can go down a list of people that feel that they are misrepresented in every fucking medium. Gamers need to get used to the fact that we are all gamers, whether you pee standing up or you pee sitting down, whether you bleed once a month or you get PMS. When that controller gets plugged in, that Xbox or a PS3 sound goes on, we are all the fucking same. 
Why would you feel bad that a kid who may be confused about his gender cannot play, enjoy a game with a character who he feels a kinship towards? What kind of a fucked up society are we in? So what? The kid, a boy wants to put on a dress and make Shepard a guy act like a girl? Fuck it. Who cares? It's not your game. It's it's absurd. It is absurd. I I I just it it boggles my mind. And look, I come on air, I say terrible shit. But you know what? I am an equal opportunity offender. I don't give a fuck. I hate everybody equally and I like everybody equally. Simple as that. But if you're going to go on the internet on an open forum where you hide anonymously to complain about, you know, a char- uh, whether it's a non-playable character or a main character, and, and whether they're gay or lesbian or black or white, really, that's what it's come down to? The fuck out of here. And this fucking Mama Luke. Oh, you know, this community thrives on sexual harassment. Where the fuck do you get that idea from? Do you want your mother to go to work to get sexually harassed every week and she comes home and says it's part of the culture? I guaranteed you that if your mother came home, said that to you as a man who fucking loves his mother, you're going to go and be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? What are you saying to my mom? Or what are you saying to my sister? The fuck is wrong with you? That's what that guy would do. That's what I would do. I'm sure that's what Slick would do. I'm sure that's what Strider would do. John, Andrew... This is stupid. Fucking idiot. Four games till the goddamn release date. Four days. And you go and you say that this community is built on sexual harassment. You fucking non-pussy-getting douchebag. It's disgusting. He should be embarrassed. And he shouldn't even be on that fucking show. Stupid motherfucker. It's absurd. Anyway. I can't. I can't do it. Thanks, Andrew, for sending me that fucking article. Now my blood is boiling. Anyway, let's get into some other video game news because if I stick to that, that'll be a whole other hour of me just going fucking ham on this shit. EA Sports Twitter account has announced that NBA Live is making its return after a two-year hiatus. The next franchise game, NBA Live 13, will be making its return to consoles. Does anybody give a shit at this point? Why don't you make Madden have a two-year hiatus? Oh yeah, that's right, because Madden is important. Madden the NBA edition is back from hiatus. Whoop the fucking do. The 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 four people that were that that give a shit about it. Oh what, you were mad that M, that the 2K series was taking all your money? Were you upset? Were you upset that they put out a better game that people enjoy? Oh yeah, that's right because you don't do anything with NBA Live. You don't. It looks the same. Why don't you just fucking put Bulls versus Blazers on a disc? And make that the fucking next live game. Why don't you do that? You can pro- you can barely tell the fucking difference. Stupid ass shit. Pokemon Black and White 2 has been announced f- for a June release for Japanese DSs. And of course the US will be getting it as well. There's no information as of a release date as of yet. But they are talking about Fusion Pokemon. So we got... New Pokemon Black, New Pokemon White, Fusion Pokemon, a.k.a. what the fuck else are we going to do with these little motherfuckers? We got well over 150 of them. What the fuck else is there to do? Uh, I really hope that 
Slick can uh, share his thoughts on Fusion Pokemon. I'm sure he he will have something to add to this because I haven't played a Pokemon game in ages. I think I played the Yellow Pikachu edition. Not only that, but I also um, saw that Pokemon kind of got acknowledged on the animated Voltron series today. So um, if Slicker's around, definitely drop me a line so I can bring you on because this shit, this Pokemon shit is getting out of hand. You got all these colors and all this shit, and now we're, oh, we're going to make fucking Voltron Pokemon. We're going to put Pikachu, Bulbasaur, and Charmander together, and they're going to form one giant super Pokemon that shoots lightning out of his ass, pisses leaves, vomits water. Come on, guys. Come on. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And just like that, ladies and germs, I see that Slick is on hold. Slick, what's going on, brother? Uh, what's up, man? What's going on, dude? I have not heard about this shit. I, I've been writing all day, so I'm looking at this little. I'm looking at some press blurbs right now, and I'm seeing like the the um, the cover monsters from Black and White. Somebody did a fusion of them together. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? You got to speak into the phone a little bit, Slick, because your volume is kind of low. I'm sorry, man. I think my hand was covering the mic or something. There you go. You know, I move away from the mic to breathe. Oh, yeah, just like Tazon Day. But so, I'm looking at this, the information on this Pokemon Black and White 2, and I'm like, no. Just no. I'm like, when you start putting pocket monsters together, isn't that fucking called Digimon? That's what I was saying when I saw it. That's the shit that I don't get. I mean, the formula for Pokemon releases is they release two colors, gems, whatever, and then they release a third one that's supposed to be like a little bit different from the first two, but the same basic game. This fusion shit is not the way to go. Well, here's here's one thing, especially since you've played the game for so for for so many years. Do you just think that they've reached a point where they've really run out of shit to do? And I'm being honest, do you think they've jumped the shark at this point? With this fusion shit, yeah. Well, what what would you what would you want to see them do to make it different? Like I said, usually the third game that comes out has some added extra features but it's the same thing as the first two and then they move on to something more with you know more Pokemon and shit like that I mean what they should have done if they're gonna release another game how about you release a new game and make it for the fucking 3DS cause your big thing last year was the 3DS but your Pokemon game was for the DS so you, you you made this big thing that it was compatible that you could play it with the 3DS, but there was no point in doing that because the 3DS hardware didn't do anything for the game. Yeah, I don't understand why they're so scared of pulling the trigger on the 3DS at this point. It, it's it's really it's really a no brainer. It's like you you made all these people run out and buy this system. Why isn't there a game on it? 
they should have really held back last year on the the Pokemon and and made it for the 3DS. That that would have been a big difference. That would have made a big difference in the, in 3DS sales. Yeah, I think so. I think the worst part of the whole thing, in my opinion, is that they really didn't do anything more to to move the genre forward. If if you wanna if you wanna look at it like that, they don't wanna. I don't know, not to say that they don't want to move it forward in a positive way. I just feel that when you're at that level with a game of that magnitude, do you really expect to see something, I don't know, something more from from the series? You got well over, you got what, th- how many Pokemon are there now? I believe it's on less than long, 653. So let, let's look at it like this, 653. You know, 653 fucking Pokemon. You mean to tell me... Sorry, 649. All right, 649. Once you catch all those motherfuckers, what else is there to do? What, battle? We're going to battle in the streets? Well, the big thing about the, the last game was being able to fight anyone anywhere in the world, so... And and like they did the they did an online game which, you know, it was very novel. But the execution wasn't as good as it could have been, and it just fell off very quickly. At least for me, it did. I don't know, dude. I think uh, I think the worst part of this shit is that now it's a cash grab. Now we're going to do Fusion Pokemon, and everybody's going to buy these games. And like you said, it's not even on, your, on the 3DS. It's not even on your flagship handheld system. Simple as that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saddened. I'm just saddened by the fact that they would go to, to, to this level with it. Well, you know, it's a, why don't we just do Pokemon in the hood? My Pikachu got a gun. His attack is Gat Attack. <laughs> Come on, man. Seriously, at this point. Everybody's saying they should have had an open world, you know, like Final Fantasy Overworld style style Pokemon game. And the 3DS would have been perfect to do something like that. Uh. But instead, we get Fusion. Just, just make it like Saints Row, and you have gangs of Pokemon. Just have a squ- a Squirtle squad that has to rob villagers. <laughs> like, like seriously, it's, it, it's, it really feels to me like they've jumped the shark at this point. Open world may might be the way to go. Honestly, they should have shelved that and either, like you said, release something fresh for the 3DS or save it for the Wii U. It's absurd, man. It's absurd. I'm starting to really question Nintendo's direction. I mean, I question it too, but here's the thing. Nintendo knows that they've got a guaranteed cash cow in the Pokemon series. So they can crank out 17 of them and call them different colors. Fucking you could, Pokemon Yellow, Pokemon Black, Pokemon White, Pokemon fucking Jeremy Lin Edition. Who gives a shit? The name sells. They're going to keep doing it because it works. 
I will tell you this. Why don't if you want to do something crazy with Pokemon and this is this is a great way to merchandise and and you'll probably hate it. But think about the concept used for Skylanders. You take Pokemon. I'm surprised they didn't do that. Exactly. Because if you go, you know, you you and I have both been to the, what's the name, the Nintendo store in Manhattan. They have little figurines for all 649 of them fucking Pokemon. There you go. Now imagine, now imagine the kids that can take a, a system like the Wii U, which is supposedly going to have, you know, the NFC, uh, components built in and you put the figurines on there and you can have a genuine battle it, it would make the kids feel more active and more involved with the game and of course you get a new revenue stream because the parents got to go and buy their kids the pokemon they need this shit fucking sells itself with the whole i mean i never understood there was the whole concept of the game being portable and the whole thing that Pokemon means pocket monsters. That's why it's always been on the portable system. But with the whole Wii and the, the friend code system, there's, there's no reason whatsoever why they don't, like, bring it to the home console and make a, a you know, a fully immersive open-world game that people can play and interact with each other online. I mean... This is no reason. Fuck this fusion shit. Just give people what they're asking for. Yeah, at this point, it's 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 ridiculous. There's no there's no necessity to to do to do fusion Pokemon. Now, the only thing that may work that that can get people interested is is fusing different types. Like I said, like fucking form a a Voltron of Pokemon, like you know, like Pikachu and fucking Charmander or whatever. But if the picture I'm seeing is accurate, they are fusing different types, but it's only like one, like two of them fusing together. I mean, it, it just, it's a, like I always say, it's a fucking gimmick. Well, we'll see how, we'll see how the Japanese embrace it uh, in June. I'm sure we're probably going to get it closer to the, to the fall or, or right around holiday time to sell more uh, to sell more DS units or more 3DS units. But while I have you on air, I can uh, go through the remaining gaming stuff with you. Um, HBO Go's debuting on Xbox Live April 1st. They're also going to be announcing the Xbox Aryan Edition, which is going to be completely white. <laughs> You're going to get a white Connect, uh, a, a glossy white 360, Connect Sports and Connect Adventures, and of course the Xbox won't be one with a hard drive, but it'll be the four gig family bundle. It's going to run you three hundred bucks. What do you think about HBO Go on the Xbox? Do you think cable companies are going to start worrying? No, not really, because I mean, you know, with my job, I have people asking, "Can I use my Xbox instead of a cable box?" I'm like, "No, you can't." I mean. It'll give you channels, but it's just giving you like a fraction yep. of what the provider will provide actually give you. Plus, you still got to have Xbox Live Gold, so they've made it so it's not any kind of savings to do that, and it really doesn't make any sense to do that unless you already have an Xbox and Verizon FiOS, because right now that's the only company they're working with. It makes no sense to want to even do that. Well, let, let's look at it this way. 
do you think, especially since you're involved in the telecommunications industry, do you think within the next five years you'd be able to buy your cable service a la carte and run it through your console? No, because the companies are never going to let that happen. Okay, fair enough. Cause My I'm... thing is, the the cable companies aren't going to let that happen for obvious reasons. And the actual networks, they're not going to let that happen because they make too much money from the freaking cable companies. All right. If you think about it, if people can get it without going through a cable provider... People are going to figure out how to get it for free. Going back to the good old days when, you know, people used to turn the channel six and get HBO, and they were doing it for free. Well, the way the now way HBO I, is the most expensive freaking premium channel there is. Well, the way I had it, the way I had it figured out, and again, this is this is just me putting it out there in a different way. It would be that you would go to your cable provider, say, I want, you know, like I'll use myself. I want USA. Spike TV, all the premium channels, um, you know, the Food Network, and whatever channels, and I don't want to pay the equipment fee because I have an Xbox. You'd enter a login dedicated from the cable company into your Xbox, boom, there's your programming. Nope. Wouldn't work, huh? Oh, it absolutely would work for us, and that's why it'll never happen. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Companies, I won't speak, I won't say any names, but every company has it where you got to have a freaking box on every TV that you want to watch their channels on. And they, they make money every month off of you, off of that box, and you're paying a rental fee. If I'm a company, why the fuck am I going to make it so that you don't need that box? Gotcha. I mean, they do make it so that you don't need that, need that box. Then you're buying your own TiVo, which... To me, is idiotic. But people buy their own TiVo, and then they got to get a cable card from the company. So you still have a piece of my equipment if I'm that company in your house, and you're still, even though it's a little bit less, you're still paying me a monthly fee, and you're paying a monthly fee to TiVo. That's why I think TiVo's box is stupid. But to each their own. Well, not not to not to deviate too much, but the people like TiVo. And I'll, and I'll tell you, because I used to be a former TiVo o- owner, the TiVo interface is idiot-proof. It really is. Not to say that cable isn't idiot-proof, but TiVo is super-duper idiot-proof. It, to the point, it's simple jack fucking proof. You can go in there, make what you gotta make, and boom, it's done. So, you know, I, I can understand people's um, affinity for that. But I figured I would ask you only, like I said, because of your of your telecommunications background, if that was even something in the foreseeable future. But based on the way you're you're portraying it, it's definitely not happening because nobody's going to be making that almighty green. Right. I mean, there are people doing that now. How they're doing it, I don't know. They're doing it on the low and they're doing it on the, you know, on the illegal. But there's no company that's gonna let you do that legally because it's gonna they're, they're fucking themselves in the ass. Gotcha. Well, well, you know what? How do you feel about the uh, the almighty white Xbox, the great white Xbox? 
the, sh- the shame is Xbox. color variation on every console. It's like, who the fuck doesn't already have an Xbox? Xbox is getting <laughs> ready to release their next, their next box. So at this point, the only people who are getting the Xbox are the idiots who think they're going to, you know, get some kind of deal off their cable because I, I talk to them every once in a while at, at my job. The people who are jumping on the connect bandwagon thinking it's the next exercise craze and that they're, they're going to drop 100 pounds, which if they stick to it, they eventually would, but none of them yep. stick to it. And people like you and me, whose Xbox that we've had for years finally fucking ups and dies. That's well, about it. Well, here's here's a funny thing. The the uh, not even talking about colors or whatever. I think that the only people that would pick up another Xbox are people with families at this point. But you need to make it easier for you to have family Xbox Live accounts. I mean, they're they're out there and and they're available, but if you're going to sell a, a 4 gig Connect family bundle, why don't you sell it with an Xbox Live family plan? That way, everybody can go online, everybody has profiles, and you get four people actively gaming. Because the beauty of the Xbox is, once people that haven't really played start playing and start seeing achievements and shit, you know, it it, it makes them feel like they're accomplishing something and they'll continue to play. I've never understood why, you know, Microsoft goes so hard in raping your pockets on their hardware. I mean, Microsoft is an American company, and everybody knows we ain't doing so well right now. No, I agree. So why the fuck do you have to buy, like, a freaking... You get this little bullshit 4-gigabyte hard drive, which the way Microsoft markets the Xbox itself and the Xbox Live experience, that 4 gigs ain't doing shit for you. No, sir. And they want you to spend, like, $100-something dollars over $100 for a decent-sized hard drive. That's the one thing that, you know, I've always complained about with the Xbox, and they apparently are not changing it. Ugh. Like, Sony has, has made it easier for us. It's like, Sony lets you put your own fucking hard drive in there, and, you know, it's cheaper. It's ridiculous, dude. It's ridiculous. Well... We got some we got some other news and I figure I'll, I'll wrap this up with you. Um, new jet set, well, new or fresh coat of paint jet set radios coming to Xbox, PSN, and PC this summer. Do you even give a shit at this point? <laughs> it's been so long since I've played that game. Yes, I do. Oh, really? Because that game was absolutely awesome. It had great music and it was just fun. Okay. It's very hard to find. The only reason why I have it is because the what I picked up in Xbox, it came with it. Right, it was Jet Set Radio even Future. Like, even people looking for, for used copies, that game is not easy to find. But yes, I'm very happy that that will be coming out on you know the consoles, you know, on the um, Xbox Live and PSN, because there's a lot of people who want to play that game. Yeah, I play. I played it a like little Mario bit. Mario Brothers, and people have five different fucking copies of it. Well, if that's the case, I'm happy about it too because it allows the game to not for for people's pockets not to get raped 
for for disc copies, you know? See, Strider said it. I definitely give a shit about that game. Yep, I just saw that. Well, that'll probably be out later on this summer. Of course, the Vita came out last week. I've played it. You've you've probably seen it or played it. Uh, Sony announced that they they've sold 1.2 million units since launch. Software for the system has already passed 2 million units. According to uh, President Andrew House, the market has responded and there is a clear demand for a mobile device capable of providing revolutionary combinations of rich gaming and social connectivity within a real-world context. To sustain momentum, we're working closely with third-party developers and publishers to ensure the best games and franchises possible will be available on the PS Vita, and our software lineup for the remainder of 2012 will have something for everyone across the globe. Now, before I ask your your opinion on this, you and I discussed yesterday or the day before at length that as successful as the Vita has been, its success will hinge upon the dead zone of the summer, right? Yep. Now, 1.2 million units sold, 2 million games out in the streets. How do you feel now with their initial launch projections? Better than the 3DS, we can both agree on that. It's doing better than the 3DS, but I would want to ask one thing, like a couple of things. Like, is anybody using the 3G? Is anybody getting plans with AT&T? Or is that turning out to be a wash? I know a couple, and, of, I know a couple of guys on Twitter that are using the AT&T thing. And um, I don't know, man. You know, it's so weird with the with 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 do with using those three G plans. You know, I have one on the iPad, and it, it's on. It's not really unlimited data. There's always going to be a cap on it. But I'm just curious to see how how many people, while they pay the initial month, will continue to pay for it every month. Yeah. And then there's the other thing. Like they said. The whole thing of unparalleled gaming. I was I happen to be looking up some titles that I'm interested in, you know, throughout 2012, and I came across some interesting news for the Vita. Now everybody knows that ever since the um, the announcement of the PS3, because of how it was announced with the um, the high def trailer for Final Fantasy VII, everybody thought there was going to be a Final Fantasy VII remake. Right. Well, Square Enix told you there won't be, and there still won't be. But later this year, they plan on releasing Final Fantasy X for the PS3 and the PS Vita. Hmm. I think that's like a huge slap in the face for fans. It's like they're remaking a game that fans can already play on the PS3 because... They should still have the PS2 backwards compatibility. Well, to 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 elaborate on that a little bit, you can play Final Fantasy VII still through through the PS you know the PS1 copy that you can play on your Vita. In terms of getting a new one, let's let's be honest. Everybody wants it, but when it gets announced, people are gonna bitch. I fucking bought this game. Now you're going to, why should I buy this game again? Oh, you know, it's just got a fresh coat of paint. We know how the fickle industry works. 
the 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 release of Final Fantasy X, same thing. But you know what? Fuck it. I want to see you. You want to you want to give me a you want Square Enix to give you something that we haven't seen. How about giving us Toll Ball number one? Wow. <laughs> or Toll Ball two. Why don't you give me you know Energize or Energize or whatever? Why don't you give me that? Give me Toll Ball number one. You want to impress me? Give me Toll Ball number one. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I, I don't give a fuck. Look, dude, Final Fantasy VII has been my crack since I was a kid. That you know, since I sold it in a video game store in Main Street, Flushing, New York City, on release date, when my boss beat people over the head for seventy-five dollars a copy. Yes, I was part of that movement. My boss was an asshole. That's the way it went down. But let's be real. Why don't you give us that? Why don't you give us that crazy Square Enix RPG fucking beat-em-up that was like Streets of Rage? Why don't you give us that? Fucking Final Fantasy. Every fucking console. Final Fantasy X. Final Fantasy XI. Final Fantasy XII. Emo kid cries while girlfriend gets kidnapped and fights monsters with one eye while riding on giant chickens that look like Easter chicks. Come on, dude. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's like... They're going to remake Final Fantasy X to look good on the PS3 and the Vita. But nobody asked for that. There you go. No one give, Nobody wanted that shit. But that's what I'm saying. They're, they're like, oh yeah, we're going to give you guys Final Fantasy X. Why? At this point, why don't you just give us fucking 8? Why don't you give us 8? Why don't you give us fucking Squall Lionheart? <laughs> you know... Cause, Cause, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure that motherfucker's got plenty to do with his gunblade. I'm sure he's real busy. You know, I'm sure he's real busy right now, waiting for that magical call from video game hell for him to come back. Come on, man, give me, give me toe ball number one. Give me some shit that I can feel is nostalgic enough for me to want to spend some paper. Seriously, why are you gonna give me another Final Fantasy coaster for? What, so I can play it on the toilet while my ass cheeks cramp? Ugh. It's 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 absurd, dude. Toe ball number one. All day. I'm gonna make that shit I'm gonna make that shit trend on Twitter. Toe ball number one, PS Vita. Let's go. But um Moving on, and I'm sure I'm sure John and other Call of Duty fans will enjoy this. For those of you that never that didn't fall for Activision's fucking raping of the pockets with Call of Duty Elite, you're going to be able to get the content collection number one for Modern Warfare 3 on the 360, March 20th. It's going to come with Liberation, Piazza, Overwatch, and Black Box. You're going to get that for multiplayer, and you're also going to get Black Ice and Negotiator Spec Op missions. Black Box and both Spec Op missions are going to be available for Elite members on the 13th of March. They're probably going to run you 15 bucks for the maps. Everybody else that isn't on Elite will get access to those maps on the 20th. In some other remake news, and I'm glad that Slick was still on for this, Zone of Enders is getting an HD collection, which will be released on the 360 and PS3 this fall. 
You're going to get the original Zone of Enders as well as, as Zone of Enders, the second runner. Thoughts? I really like Zone of Enders, and I still have it. But? <laughs> I don't know how well it's going to be. Like, it was... It's not going to age gracefully? Oh, hell yes, it will. It has, it has <laughs> great visuals. And if they remake it in HD, it's going to look beautiful. But the thing is, it was like a cult... It was like a cult classic. I don't know how much money it's going to make. Well, you know those collections are probably going to be, you know, 40 bucks. But that's what I'm saying. It's not even about it being inexpensive and and easy for people to pay for. But I don't think a lot of people are going to run out and buy it. Huh. We'll see. I mean, there's a lot of Konami faithful out there. They may jump on it. I mean, yeah, it's made by Kojima, but the, Knowing... the hardcore Kojima fans are... Dude, knowing them, they'll put some, they'll throw some Metal Gear shit on there to make you want to buy it. Get Snake's eye patch if you buy the Zone of Enders HD collection. Wow. Fuck it, you know, you know that's what's gonna happen. It's crazy. Strider Strider dropped another fucking game, Einhander. Get put that shit on the fucking Vita. You just see people flinging the Vita into the streets. They need to put God Hand on the Vita. <laughs> now, now you're being facetious. <laughs> Fucking God Hand. All right, last bit of news to close things out. Assassin's Creed 3 obviously has been getting tons of press given the fact that the protagonist may or may not be a Native American and that it will be taking place during the American Revolution. With that said, a lot of people, obviously, closet racists, Already bitching that he may be a redskin. Now, let's be real. It's a fucking game. You get to throw a tomahawk through somebody's fucking head. Sign me up. Sign me the fuck up. I I guarantee you that Assassin's Creed 3 is going to play like the Patriot movie with Mel Gibson. I want motherfuckers' legs getting blown off by cannons. I want to stab somebody in the throat with a bayonet. And I want tomahawks to the scalp. I want to make sure That's that when I... I was thinking, because... And, and I want to make sure that when I, assass- whoop, when I assassinate somebody, I want to be able to scalp them as the trophy. Fuck it. Wow. Why not? When, when you I kill- saw the tomahawk, all I was thinking is, that's cooler than a freaking hidden blade up your sleeve. Yeah, yeah, you could have and a Bayonet awesome blade. The last few games were. No, what I was gonna say was that, you know, you have, uh, you know, whether he's a Native American protagonist or not, the the fact is that bringing the Assassin's Creed story forward in time is essential. And if you remember when you killed people in the first Assassin's Creed with Altair. You'd rub the feather on their neck and you'd bring the bloody feather back, right? Yeah. So why can't you scalp them? You said that so calmly. Why? Why can't you scalp them? That's what I'm saying. Like, why can't you bring back the proof? Bring me his scalp. No problem. Done. 
seriously, it would be awesome, man. And, and people automatically, man, this is bullshit. Get the fuck. It's a fucking game. And I have yet. Why can't I shoot a fucking guy in a powdered wig with a musket? Why are you depriving me of that? Why are you depriving me of shooting a powder wig wearing asshole with a musket? Fuck that. Tomahawks to the face. I really hope he is a Native American because I want him to be one from the most violent fucking tribe that will scalp a motherfucker and put a hatchet in somebody's head and do all kinds of shit. It was funny because Strider said that um, it would take five minutes to reload the gun. But the beauty of that would be that you would shoot just the pellet. Like, it would be a special attack. If you remember in, I think it was Assassin's Creed 2, when he got the little gun, you only had three shots. In Assassin's Creed 2... I wouldn't even be worried about the musket because the whole thing in the game is Assassin's Creed. Right. And as much as you can just run into a crowd and just fuck people up, it's about killing people quietly. This is true. I say blowgun. So the gun wouldn't be used much anyway. How about a blowgun? Yes. <laughs> it'll be it'll be African drive-bys. You just run by and... Just <laughs> fuck it. That's what I'm saying. Come on, man. The bias of some people is just ridiculous. Oh, it's going to take place during the revolution. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you can't play as a Confederate and string up black people. I'm sorry. I'm I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you can't beat up Toby. I'm sorry. Come on, man. Stop. Stop it. Get with the program. The American Revolution shit is going to be crazy. And I say that if you're going to close out this series, you end the last Assassin's Creed now in the fucking present. And Desmond has to kill fucking Bin Laden. I mean, I would I would not mind at all seeing a dude with the hood running around in fucking Manhattan doing Spider-Man type shit just icing people. I think that to bring it forward, it has to be just finished in the present. But you can have fun with it. It'll be like Assassin's Creed SEAL Team 6. That's going a little too far. Fuck it. Why not? SEAL Team 6. What do you do? We wear funny little hoods and kill Bin Laden. But seriously, I mean, I think think going, going that route, we have yet to see a game fully immersed in the American Revolution. Haven't seen it. Uh, you know, we were joking about it on the fan page about doing Call of uh, Call of Duty back then. Like, that would be awesome. You know, bayonets and fucking cannonballs and shit. You can, o- quick sco- you can only quick scope with a bow and arrow. <laughs> People will get all mad and shit. I don't know. Well, it, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, I can't see moving backwards anymore but Call of Duty I'm just tired of anyway yeah but but what I'm saying is like if you want to give the fans something new and stop people like us from bitching like like throw something extreme out there even if it sells decently well because people are going to want to be like yo they actually had the balls to do it like why don't you do Call of Duty Civil War fuck it you know What I really wanted to see 
was Assassin's Creed in feudal Japan? Because you know we would have had some. We, you know we would have had crazy. some white ninjas. Assassin's Creed feudal Japan would have been amazing, dude. Killing samurais. Samurais, garrot wire, the chain with the fucking hook at the end that you throw at somebody's face like in the movies. Like fucking Tenchu. And it'd be extra nasty. It'd be fantastic. Oh, well. But... I'm super pumped for it, and I'm sure we'll get it probably, they're saying probably October or November, which is fine, because that's usually when they expect them, and hopefully by then I'll be caught up, because I played one, I played two, I'm going to start Brotherhood this weekend, so I'll be all caught up by then. Anything else you got to add? Yeah, the one other thing I just wanted to mention real quick, as much as I normally shit on it, I'm really happy about the release of... um, I am too, but the problem with that is that it's still full price. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's it's sixty bucks, but I just it just makes people feel it's like the Marvel versus Capcom double double dip, you know? A little bit. Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, it it should be at most forty bucks. I mean. Blaze Blue just released the game and it's brand new and it's forty bucks. Yeah, that's what Hard I'm saying. To find too. I saw. I actually saw. I actually saw it in a lame stop in uh, Roosevelt Field. It's probably you... the only mainstream uh, retailer that's carrying it. Yeah. Well, in stores anyway. If you remember, remember when we were looking for the Samurai Showdown collection? How difficult that was. And then we were happy that we didn't find it because it was a piece of shit. Yeah, then we ended up just getting the other one. The other collection. The PS2 one. Yeah. There you go. All right, my friend, anything else to add? No, I might call back for the movie segment. All right, brother. Sounds good. Thanks. All right, talk to you later. See you. All right, that's going to wrap up video games. Let's get right into movies. Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. He's black. Go on. Does he look like a bitch? What? Let's talk movies. Everyone's favorite wrestler and actor, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, is in talks to star as Hercules in a Hercules film directed by Brett Ratner, according to Variety. The movie is based on a Hercules comic book put out by Radical Publishing. The comic book has two series, The Thracian Wars and The Knives of Cush, both of them by Steve Moore, and the artist was Chris Bolson. Now, if they're going with the Thracian War storyline, here's the synopsis. Uh, 1,400 years ago, a tormented soul walks the earth that was neither man nor god. Hercules, powerful son of the god-king Zeus, received nothing but suffer in his entire life. After 12 arduous labors and the loss of his family, this dark, world-weary soul turned his back on the gods. 
finding his only solace in bloody battle. Over the years, he warmed to the company of six similar souls, their only bond being their love of fighting and the presence of death. These men and women never question where, why, or whom they go to fight, only how much they'll be paid. Knowing this, the king of Thrace has hired these mercenaries to train men to become the greatest army of all time. Hercules begins to question Queen Cottus's moves, uh, King Cottus's moves when he takes this army out to battle and sees them practice on innocent men, women, and children in their, neighbor and the, in their neighboring villages. Deep in his soul, something stirs, but is it enough to stop a mad king and his army of the damned from marching across Greece or even Olympus itself? So, in, 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 in looking at the parallels between The Rock and Arnold Schwarzenegger's careers, I'm not shocked to see him embrace something like this, like Hercules. I mean, Arnold did it, and like I said, their careers parallel in so many ways. I, I think it would work. I think a, a sword and sandals style film with The Rock would do well. And um, Strider, yes, look up Hercules in New York, I believe, was with Arnold, if you want to check that out. Um, overall, I think The Rock is in such a strange place in his career at this moment. He's got a guaranteed cash franchise with the Fast and Furious at this point. He's got the wrestling. He's got a couple of family films under his belt. So, you know, he, he's going to jump into a couple of different genres. And honestly, I think doing something like that wouldn't be bad. I think we need a 300-style Hercules film. It hasn't been done in a while, and who knows? The Rock would would probably do well at it. Honestly, if I wanted to start something like that with The Rock, I'd go with Sinbad. I think Sinbad the Sailor with The Rock playing Sinbad would be better. You can throw a couple of comedic elements in there, have a little fun with it, and I think it would work. But we'll see what happens. Brett Ratner, I have a love-hate relationship with him. I mean, the guy did Rush Hour, but then he did the shit known as Tower Heist. So take that for what it's worth. Let's talk box office totals. Act of Valor was number one. Good Deeds was number two with Tyler Perry. Journey to the Mysterious Island was three. Safe House was four. The Vow was five. Ghost Rider was six. This Means War was seven. Wanderlust was eight. Gone was nine. And The Secret World of Arietti was ten. Yes, Strider, Call of Duty, the movie, was number one. Yes. Now we got our What the Fuck TV news. Many of you know that if, you know, as of late, they've been doing a lot of stuff with Sherlock Holmes, especially, you know, the BBC series. So it was a no-brainer that they were going to try and do Sherlock Holmes here for American audiences on the small screen. As such, the CBS Sherlock Holmes take is doing something totally random. Um, Johnny Lee Miller is going to be playing Sherlock Holmes former consultant to Scotland Yard whose addiction problems led him to a rehab center in New York City. Just out of rehab, Holmes now lives in Brooklyn with his sober companion, Joan Watson, a former surgeon who lost her license after a patient died while consulting for the NYPD. So yes, Sherlock Holmes on the small screen will have Sherlock Holmes and a male Dr. Watson. Now, the beauty of this isn't just the fact that the Dr. Watson character is going to be female, but Dr. Watson in this particular series will be played by Lucy Liu. There you go, folks. 
Sherlock Holmes, Dr. Watson, modern day spin, Lucy Lewis playing Dr. Watson. Yeah. Recipe for success, that is, right up there with the cape. Mike Tyson has confirmed that there will be another payday with The Hangover 3, which will begin production later on this summer for a May 24th, 2013 release date. Bradley Cooper, Ed Helms, and Zach Galifianakis will be back as well. Todd Phillips indicated last year that his intention was to end the series with this third film. So there you go, folks. Hangover 3, The Search for More Money. Mike Tyson will be back. Now, it's not just enough that we will have to see Ed Helms in another hangover, but Ed Helms is in talks to star in the upcoming reboot of National Lampoon's Vacation. He would be playing... Clark Griswold. The film would again be around, would follow Rusty, his mother and father as they go on vacation, and it's being written by the guys that did Horrible Bosses. Um, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein will be directing it. So, there you go, folks. Remake of National Lampoon's Vacation with the super cornball Ed Helms. I don't understand what people find so endearing about this typical white guy. And I'm not even saying it to be racist. He's just the most vanilla white guy ever. He really is. It's just like, hi, I'm Ed Helms. I'm in the office. Hey, how's it going? Ha ha ha, Michael Scott Paper Company. Ha ha ha. Like, he sucks. He fucking sucks. He sucked in the hangover. He sucks on the office. Why? He's... He's playing a role made iconic by Chevy Chase, Ed Helms, office guy. And he's not even like the main office guy. He's like office guy number three. He's not as popular as Dwight or fucking Jim or stupid ass fucking Steve Carell. I agree with Strider. Strider in the chat says that Steve Carell should play fucking Clark Griswold. I wouldn't mind it. Fuck it. I'll take Steve Carell as Clark Clark Griswold. At least he's moderately funny instead of cornball-ass Ed Helms. And with that, I see that uh, Dark Helmet is calling in to share his thoughts on on a National Lampoon's Vacation reboot. Dark Helmet, welcome back from Cookie Exile. What do you got, my friend? You sound like you're, you sound like you're calling me from a fat person's asshole. <laughs> Hold on, give me a second. There you go. Okay. Uh, okay, I can agree with what Strider said about Steve Carell. That would be funny, but the other guy, no. And even the fact that they want to redo it, no. The Lampoon, National Lampoon's Vacations were dated for the 80s because that's how they worked. What, what are they going to do? Oh, we'll go. Like, we're going to drive all the way here to find those clothes? No, you can't do that. There's this thing called the Internet. What are they going to do? Like, oh, we're going to find those clothes. Oh, no, what do we do now? Let's go there anyway. But it's clothes. Sure. It, it's not, it'll be stupid. It, it doesn't have the same effect. I have to agree. It doesn't have the same effect. But not only that, you don't have those elements that made that film great. Because not only was your... 
your core cast was fantastic, but you had great performances from, you know, from John Candy, from Randy Quaid. You can't capture that same magic with Ed Helms leading your cast. At least if you're going to build an ensemble film, you need those other guys to kind of bring it together. Mm-hmm. Well, they probably won't even, even if they were to remake it, they probably wouldn't even have Chevy Chase or him. He'd probably look at it and be like, uh, well, you know what? Or maybe, he'll, or maybe he'll be the guy in the hotel when the girl jumps in the in the pool. That might work. But you know what? At this point, why don't we just redo National Lampoon's Vacation with an African American family and make it a Tyler Perry film? <laughs> why don't Why don't we just fucking do that? This is what it's come down to. Like you said, you're going to remake a movie about a family vacation where the family gets to a place where it's closed in a, in, a, in an age where we have the fucking internet. You motherfuckers don't read Google, you sheltered bitches. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to take over the theme park with a gun because, holy shit, the FBI would be all over the guy's ass. Yeah, you can't laugh that shit off. <laughs> we wanted to just ride on the park. No, no. You're like, we're going to have fun. Like, no, you're not. You're going down. Ugh, fucking terrible, dude. Terrible. But... Yeah, everything about it is wrong. Well, while I have you on the air, I'll share this other this other tasty nugget with you. 21 Jump Street will not be in theaters until the 16th of March, but they are already working on a sequel. What? Yes! Wait. You're making a sequel to a movie that... Wow. Yep, Jonah Hill confirmed it. If it flops, because if it flops, well, that's going to suck for them. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, let's make 21 Jump Street. Again, cool. Is Johnny Depp going to be in it? Or anyone from from that era? No. Fuck them. Hey, let's make a sequel, because why? Because fuck you, that's what... Sounds good to me, guys. Yes. Well, supposedly they said that all of the cast members, even though it hasn't been announced or leaked, will pop up in the film at various points as different people. So we'll see how it goes. The only way that'll work is if if fucking Richard Grieco is involved. Because <laughs> he, he's not doing shit. He's probably sniffing coke off a homeless guy's dick. Anything else to add, my friend? No, that'd be, that'd be but yeah, the, that's just sad. We're making the Griswold. I can only imagine what they'd do if they tried to go to the European vacation. Yuck. All right, brother. Thanks for the call. Absolutely. All right, man. See ya. Please. Make sure to follow Rob's Cookies on Facebook. Dark Helmet makes some of the best fucking cookies in the game using all natural ingredients. He's made cookies for yours truly, white chocolate macadamia nut. And don't get me wrong, that my cookies were sodomized by the United States Postal Service, but they were still enjoyable, even though they were crumbled into tiny bits. But yes, look for Rob's Cookies on Facebook. Thanks for the call, Dark Helmet. So yeah, that's what we got. We got fucking office asshole in fucking National Lampoon's Vacation. 21 Jump Street is getting a sequel, even though it's not out. But we're not even done. We are not even done. Dan Aykroyd has confirmed that Bill Murray will not be a part of Ghostbusters 3 if Sony makes it. He went on to say, honestly, I don't know. At this point, it's in suspended animation. The studio, the director, 
They feel that there has to be a way to do it, but Bill Murray will not do the movie. He doesn't want to be involved. He doesn't want to be involved, and what the hell did he say? He's got six kids, houses all over America, and he golfs. So it's not something that he has as a priority. So there you go, ladies and gents. We have no Ghostbusters, which is fine because I'm sure it would have sucked. Last but not least, two bits of movie news to wrap things Well, three bits of movie news to wrap things up. If you are a fan of Indiana Jones, you will be getting all four films on Blu-ray this fall. Honestly, you're going to get three films and a coaster because that fourth film sucked ass. So this fall, Indy, Blu-ray, box set. A new comic book property is getting picked up by Sony Pictures. Valiant Comics is Bloodshot which first came out back in 1992 and ran about 70 issues. I remember it because it was one of my favorite books from Valiant at the time. Neil Moritz is, will be producing it under his original film banner alongside Valiant. Matthew Vaughn originally was rumored to be working on the project, but at this time there's no deal with Sony for it. If you're not familiar with Bloodshot, basically the story follows a guy named Angelo Mortali, who's a serial killer. Well, not a serial killer, but he was a killer for the mob who gets framed by the mob. By the, well, he gets framed by the mob for murder, and he goes into witness protection. But while he's there, he gets betrayed by the FBI, and he's subjected to a procedure that puts nanites in his bloodstream. The nanites end up giving him super strength, you know, healing powers, but they wipe and reset his memory. Of course, now he assumes the identity of Bloodshot, he escapes, and he's trying to figure out who he is. Honestly, I think it's a solid book, and it would do well with a big screen treatment, but again, you have to tread cautiously. And to close things out in some sequel news, Walt Disney will be moving forward with a sequel to The Muppets. Unfortunately, Jason Siegel won't be back. Siegel, as you know, collaborated on the original with Nicholas Stoller, but unfortunately he has some other projects, so he will be passing on this project. So there you have it, folks. That's going to wrap up the show for this week. And um, we are back on a regular schedule. MTR will be back live every Thursday for the foreseeable future until I get burned out or until I want to take some time off to experiment. But I will tell you guys this. In a couple of weeks, I will be trying out some recorded episodes dedicated to gaming and movies independently just to try things out and escape from the live preparation that goes into the show. Overall, for those of you that downloaded and supported the show, thank you. I know I beat up my audience a lot, you guys, regardless of whether I beat you up or I don't beat you up. You are my favorite masochists. You guys take the abuse, but continue to support MTR by downloading the shows, uh, getting the app, etc., etc. So we do appreciate it. You've just heard My Take Radio episode 129 for Thursday, March 1st, 2012. If you have any questions, concerns, or would like to be a guest on a future episode of MTR or for our interview series, make sure to drop me an email at mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. If you're interested in doing a printed interview because your schedule doesn't allow it, we can do that too, and we're going to be launching an interview series on the site for that, for those of you that would just like reading your interviews and don't have time to listen, so be on the lookout for that as well. If you want to leave any feedback, hate mail, whatever, you can always call our feedback line, 347 815 
three four seven eight one five zero M T R. Social networks, we're on them. Twitter, you can follow us there. My Take Radio, we're on MySpace. Why? I don't know. Become a fan on Facebook. Ask us questions on Formspring, formspring.me forward slash mytakeradio, show questions, movie questions, comic questions, whatever. You can go to that outlet, use that. We'll answer them for you. Add us to your circle on Google+. And if you want to support MTR, pick up the MTR app for Android and iOS devices. The Android app is offered on the Amazon Marketplace and also in the Android Market. You can get the iOS devices, uh, excuse me, you can get episodes for your iOS devices from, of course, iTunes. Last but not least, you can catch MTR also streaming on Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, of course, iTunes, the Zune Marketplace, Blueberry, and countless other podcatchers. We would appreciate any reviews if you get our apps or if you get the show from iTunes. We'll be back next week. And, um,. Again, hopefully, we'll see if uh, Billy Nichols heard what I had to say. And if he did, we will be catching up next week. I'm out. Catch you guys later. Peace. Death in the Republic is taking us out. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.